This is the Value Investor Podcast with Tracy Reinick. All things value, all the time. Welcome back, value investors. So investors are fleeing the retailers again. This is like 2017. Remember when that was like, Amazon is dooming all the retailers. We're only going to shop at Amazon. Sell, sell, sell. Only this time, it's not Amazon really that is the complaint about the retailers. It's the fears over the tariffs and of a coming recession. Because you really don't want to be in the retailers when we're in a recession because that really means the consumers are pulling back. Their earnings are going to drop down. So people are already um, anticipating the recession, so they're already fleeing all the retail stocks. And then again, as I said, you have this additional burden of the tariffs, both coming out of China and then possibly on Mexico, although that's not quite as big on like the apparel side as it is coming out of China. But still, tariffs in general are going to impact the retail industry. So... We got some cheap stocks, and you know what that means. When Wall Street flees a sector en masse, us value investors start to take notice. And this is also why it's hard to be a value investor, because we will step in when everyone is saying, like, basically, you're crazy. And right now, there's a ton of pain in the retail. A lot of them are just down, down, down. We had a little bit of a... a respite, I guess you can call it, from the selling with this big one-day rally we just had off of the belief that the Fed is going to cut rates and we'll all be saved. But uh, and I'm not sure that's going to hold here, and the retailers continue to be really weak. So I took a look at the Zacks industry with the apparel and the shoes, and just to kind of see where that area of retail is going because it's getting hammered, I think, the worst out of all the retail. And year to date, it's down 13.9% that industry versus the S&P 500, which is actually still up 12.7 despite um, the May sell-off and some of the weakness we've seen. Still not bad for the year, but uh, the apparel and shoes, not good, down 13.9. And then I took a look at the further one-year return, down 31.6% now for this part of the retail industry versus the S&P 500, which is up only 4.1, but at least it's on the positive side. So that's a pretty big swing there. You literally have a swing of 35% difference if you had just bought like this entire um, industry in, in the apparel and shoes alone. So I did take a look to see how many companies are in that sub-industry of the sector of retail here at Zacks, and it's 39 companies. And out of those 39 companies right now, only um, one of them is a number five, and that is Nordstrom, um, is at a number five, a strong sell. But I wanted to see kind of, you know, who is good in, the, in that sector and um, good and cheap. So I did a screen on this industry, on the apparel and shoe side of things, and I looked for a Zach's rank of one, two, or three. I did include the threes in there, which is the hold, only because I thought it might be too narrow if I did the ones or two right now, uh, that there's not that many in the retail sector in general that are ones and twos. So I put the three in there. And then I did a PE under 10. So being much more strict than I normally would be with that, my normal 15 PE, I want them to be cheap. And right now they should be given what's happening in the sector. So PE under 10, 
the industry, so I put the industry in there because you can search by that. You can screen by that on Zax.com. And then I did the one, twos, and threes. So it gave me nine results out of the 39 that are out there for the ones, twos, and threes. And one of them that's the most interesting and um I, I don't think I've ever covered this or maybe just briefly and then I forgot about it because it's so small and not really on the radar of most investors. And it's called Excel Brands. It's X-C-E-L. And the ticker is X-E-L-B. They're very small. They have a market cap of just 24 million. And then I had to go figure out, well, why are they in like the apparel and shoe industry? Um, never heard of them really. Like what's their MO basically? And so they're kind of a tech-based retailer. We're seeing more of this now. So this got me all you know, interested in what they do. They do merchandising, design and marketing, and they have most of the revenue is coming in. Well, uh, through the licensing of the brands that they own, which I'm going to talk about in a second. And then they also have e-commerce. So they're selling their own brands on you know their websites. And then they sell some wholesale, which would probably be to like department stores and other retailers. But the vast bulk of their um, income is coming from the licensing when they're licensing these brands. So their brands right now, and they are actively looking to add to their brand portfolio. Right now they have um, Isaac Mizrahi, C, just capital C period, Wonder, um, Judith Ripka, a lot of people know that line, Highline, and then they just acquired Halston Brands, which um, people would remember Halston, very popular in the 1970s, and the brand still has the cachet. They spent seven, or they took out a loan for $7.5 million to get the Halston brand. And so we'll see what they do with that. But in the first quarter of this year, revenue was actually up 17.5% for these guys. And even though licensing fell a, a little over 7% year over year, their online uh, jewelry sales and some online sales were much better than expected. The Judith Ripka online site performed really well in the quarter. So that kind of tells you where they're um, seeing some positive things go on. But um, still, the stock is dirt cheap. It's being like lumped in with everything else. So one year over the last year, these shares are down 57%, actually, <laughs> even though those, that revenue was up 17% year over year in the first quarter. And um, year to date, though, they're still up 17%. So they did get a bounce out of the new year but now have weakened a bit. So this is, creates this buying opportunity in this small unique kind of retail play. They have cash on hand of $100 million. Like I said, their market cap is just $24 million. Cash and cash equivalents of $100 million and debt of $22 million. So kind of kind of like that. The shares are trading just a little bit over a dollar to $1.32. They're expected to make um, $0.40 cents this year. And that's a big gain from last year when they only made 30 cents. And then analysts have them at 50 cents for 2020. That's the 25% earnings growth there. So again, they're trading. I have right now, as I'm 
recording this at a dollar thirty-two. So that's giving them a PE. Yes, you can imagine the lowness of the PE. I was like, what? When I saw this one through the screen, it's three point three is the PE. The peg is at point three. So XL brands kind of flying under the radar, very small market cap, so hard to get in there, volatile, um, you know, just over a dollar, but they're doing a lot of things right. And I said, they're looking to acquire more brands and they have the cash on hand. So things aren't always doom and gloom with them. So you might want to take a look at some of these ones where you haven't been looking. So Again, that's XL Brands, E-L-X-E-L-B is the ticker. So then I started looking in some of the other retail groups because a lot of the other ones it gave me were number threes in this initial screen. And then I started looking at some of them, like Urban Outfitters was in there. And it's just still the numbers aren't good with Urban Outfitters, even though the shares are cheap. And I felt like that's kind of a value trap there. Earnings expected to fall this year. And so I... I ejected out of that screen. And I was wondering what's going on amongst some of the other retail groups. Are they all, you know, kind of slim pickings as apparel and shoes are? And um, the answer is yes, actually. A lot of them have not good Zach's ranks, as you can imagine, because those estimates are being cut. But we have 15 industries in the retail sector. So 15 subgroups, so to speak, in the industries. And so if you're searching on Zax.com on the stock screener, you'll see, you know, retail slash apparel and shoes, retail slash restaurants, retail slash supermarkets. And it goes through 15 of these. And so I started looking at each one to kind of see what's going on, who's in this group, and is there anything that's really cheap with a good rank? So I ran each industry. I started with a rank of one or two. But I quickly discovered that wasn't going to work because I, I kept getting zeros and zeros on my screen, like nothing was coming through. And I thought, well, this is weird. Is is the screen even working? And so I went and I looked at the companies in the industry where we list out the ranks on there. And sure enough, they were all, you know, three, fours and fives and they weren't ones or twos or they were ones and twos, but not cheap enough because I still kept the cheapness component in it. And so I did expand it a little bit to look at threes as well with a lot of these just to see if there was anything in there. Um, so as I kept going, the retail home furnishings, there was nobody in that group, but I was kind of curious to see what was happening because if anyone's going to get hit by the tariffs, in addition to apparel and shoes, it's going to be home furnishings. And there's a couple cheap stocks in there, but they're just not quite cheap enough. Ethan Allen, ticker ETH, they're trading at 13.5 times right now. Williams and Sonoma just had a much better than expected quarter, actually. WSM is the ticker there. So those shares actually got a boost off of the earnings and they're at 12.8 times. So while both of these are pretty cheap, they're not as cheap as you might think. I'm, I really want to look for single digit PEs here because if the whole sector is going into you know the garbage basically um, and everybody's panicking and running away, I want to get it as cheap as possible. And that's not really happening. And in full disclosure, I actually do own Williams and Sonoma still in my own personal portfolio, although I'm not adding to my position here because I am waiting to see if it's going to go cheaper. 
I also looked at jewelry because Tiffany just had a problematic quarter where they said foreign tourists were not shopping at their stores, probably basically the New York flagship where they fly in. And then, you know, that's what I do. I fly in, I go to the jewelry store on my vacations. Um, I wish, but a lot of people do do this. And especially with certain exchange rates, you can get a real deal if you're flying in and buying, you know, high priced items in another country. But Tiffany, not even close to the value area I want it to be in. It's trading at 18 times. So that one's not going to work. Then we have this interesting category in industries, um, for retail called mail order. And I was like, meh, what's in there? Never really investigated that one. And it's mainly like 1-800-Flowers.com, which makes sense. But they're not cheap either. They have a PE of 38. If you want to go check out what's happening with them, their ticker FLWS. So that's F is in flowers, obviously, FLWS. But that's clearly not cheap enough. So I switched over to an area I knew would be cheap and have possibly something, at least maybe some number threes. And it's called regional department stores on Zax.com. And Macy's is in there. And they are dirt cheap, ticker M, just M. And they are trading at 6.9 times again. So we're back to seeing it, you know, under seven times again with that dividend yield yielding once again, 7%. I think it might've gotten up to 8% in 2017, but these shares have not quite hit the 2017 lows yet. So I haven't jumped into this one either because I'm not sure that they've bottomed out. It is a number three, so it's a hold right now. But those earnings just, it's not looking good. Earnings decline of 25.4% in 2020, also another 5.4% in 2021. So value trap situation going on with Macy's. And it's unclear so far they have kept the dividend yield don't i don't think that's in danger but nothing is certain gamestop just um decided to end their dividend and so i'm sure a lot of investors that were counting on that over at gamestop are a little bit shocked so nothing is guaranteed as you know um so don't expect that you're always going to get that dividend yield with Macy's. But for right now and in 2017, it was not cut. So switching, we have another industry that just says retail miscellaneous. So that's kind of mysterious, almost as mysterious as mail order. So like what's in miscellaneous? Well, it is kind of the stores eh, you might think were would be in where they can't really pigeonhole them because they just carry a variety of items. So one of our favorites is in this category, Bed Bath & Beyond, ticker BBBY. It is a number two now, and it is still dirt cheap. It has been for a long time, ticker, or the PE 6.9, just like Macy's actually. Dividend yield now is up to 4.1%. These shares are down um, a little over 20% in just the last month. They did get a rebound earlier in the year because they finally have a new CEO. They have an activist uh, on the board. They're trying to make a lot of changes here. So they've ousted the old management. All of that could be seen as good. So a lot of people said, oh, maybe the worst is over and piled in. But now the shares are going the other way again. 
but I took a look at the earnings on this one. So they've been flat the last couple of years. And that's also what was kind of strange. They they kind of seemed like they were pleased that they were not growing earnings. And meanwhile, they were buying back shares, remember, with the cash and other things. But this year, still the estimates, um, not not too dramatic of a change, even with the new management. So nothing dramatic has happened in the turnaround yet. But earnings expected to be down just 4% year over year. So they were at 205 last year. The current estimate for this year is $1.97. And then next year expected to make 222. So a little bit of a gain. Um, but you know what I think about Bed Bath & Beyond still? I'm not totally buying into the turnaround yet myself. So this is one I'm going to keep an eye on again. Uh, and I have been watching it for a while, but I am pleased that they have new management in there. Another one that is super cheap in the miscellaneous category, but they haven't reported earnings yet. They're reporting on June 6th. Uh, 2019. So if you're listening to this anytime after June 6th, they have reported earnings. And already year to date, the shares are down almost 30% going into this earnings report. And it's Michael's ticker MIK. Their PE is just four right now, just four. But if those estimates are cut for the year, which we've seen with a lot of the retailers, that means the E is going to be a different number and a lower. And even though these shares have sold off, the PE could actually rise on um, you know the earnings report. So it looks super cheap here. We'll see if it continues to be after this earnings report, but that's going to be a big one. And one of the stocks that actually had this phenomena of an actual rising PE was J. Jill. It's a women's apparel um, company ticker is J I L L. I've talked about it on my Twitter feed a lot, and I mentioned it briefly in the Market Edge podcast because these shares are down. I think sixty seven percent now year to date. They're trading like a around a dollar fifty now, and that's because the quarter was not that great. Um, it was just really disappointing. Their inventory was up ten percent in the first quarter. They cut. Their full-year comps are now expected to be down between 2 and 4%. They were calling for flat comps prior to that. They did admit they had basically the wrong product in the stores, that the color was not resonating with the customer. They need more pinks and blues and lighter colors. They had like blacks and, and navies. And uh, that's a little hard to fix for an apparel retailer because they order their product months ahead of time. So anything for the summer was already ordered six to maybe even nine months ago by the uh, merchandising, you know, designers and their merchandising buyers. So that is not going to be fixed for a little while. So that's probably why they lowered the comps for the year. Now, the good thing is J. Jill is um, kind of older women's apparel, I would say between the ages of 35 and maybe 70 years old is their target audience. And those customers are very loyal. This is a popular brand still. It's not a brand issue. And their traffic was really strong in the first quarter, even though they could not get anybody to actually purchase anything. So that means the customer's still going online and looking going into the stores, looking around, trying on, but like, meh, I don't really like what's in here. So I'm not buying right now. And just walking out. So that can be fixed um, as long as they're still coming into the store. But 
It's going to take, like I said, a couple of quarters because their next, the fall merchandise is already basically en route and they cannot change what that is. So it's going to take a little while longer for this turnaround. They also said their catalog um, sales that they pulled back on sending out the catalogs. I don't know about you, but I'd like to get catalogs in the mail and they do work. They've shown that they work. But they tried to go more digital and they cut back on the number of catalogs or just like mailings that they sent out. And they thought they could do more on the digital side online. And it turns out that the customer wasn't totally into that either. So they'll work out some of that stuff. But that being said, all the analysts have cut these estimates. So like I said, that could happen with Michael's did happen with J. Jill because right after the earnings, before the estimate cuts were revised into the numbers, J. Jill was trading at like two times earnings, but now the earnings have come down. So how bad is it? For fiscal 2020, that estimate was cut by all the analysts basically, and it's gone down to 19 cents from 69 cents. So that's pretty dramatic earnings uh, cut there. 2021, they're not certain much better is going to be happening next year, but they're giving it a little bit of a turnaround. They see 38 cents there, but they were at 75. So still a little bit of a drag there, and especially considering they made 72 cents uh, last year. So it's a pretty big decline. And it was disappointing. So again, the shares down 67%. This is the all-time low since they went IPO, but they only went IPO in 2017. So haven't been around that long. But the PE here, even though it's no longer two, is still dirt cheap. 7.5 is the PE. They have a peg of 0.7. They are number four because those estimates cuts. Um, so that's a sell here at Zex.com. But this is one you might want to keep on your list to watch and to see if any insiders end up buying over there and um, what's going on because they their brand is still is still solid. Now, another area that I didn't really cover that you might want to look around for deals, but it's going to be real dicey with these tariffs on our shoes. Um, so many of the shoe manufacturers have already sent letters to the to the government, to the White House, you know, Commerce Department, complaining about the tariffs and the impacts on them. This includes like Nike, Adidas, all the big names basically. But Skechers and Steve Madden, some of these names, I mean, they, they have big factories over there. Skechers manufactures a lot in China. And Steve Madden has already said on their last earnings call, because of course it's getting all these questions about this, is how do they mitigate it? Are they going to raise prices? And both of these companies are at a price point where it's really hard to raise prices. Like your customer actually will push back like, no, I'm not paying five more dollars for those shoes. <laughs> Just not going to do it. So um, Steve Madden, which is ticker shoe, S-H-O-O, they said on their conference call that they got concessions from the Chinese factories, 10% concessions. They basically went to their manufacturers and said, hey, we're, we're going to move this. We're thinking of moving it unless you give us a, a cut on what what we're paying you to make these shoes. So they did. They got a 10% concession there. Um, Skechers also trying to mitigate. So we'll see what happens with them. But they're still going to face some headwinds there, especially if we see another tranche go on, which remains to be seen here. But it is going to be a direct impact on earnings. It goes to gross margins and those earnings are going to be hit. So I did take a look at Skechers shares just to kind of see what was going on there. 
They had a big bounce to start the year too. Year to date, they're still up 28.6%, but the last three months they're down about 12%. Not surprising because that's the tariff fears right there. Um, that ticker for Skechers is SKX, if you're interested in looking at that one. Uh, Steve Madden, not quite so bad. They're still up year-to-date 7.1%. Over the last three months, they're only down 1.1%. So not quite as much panic there, but maybe because they are have talked on their calls about you know getting the concessions and things that they're doing to mitigate. So in these screens, I didn't look at the industry retail for drugstores, supermarkets, or restaurants. They fit into that area, but it's a little bit outside what I wanted to cover today. So I did not screen for you know cheapness with those. I will cover the cheap restaurants in another podcast, though. It's been a while since I look, took a look at the restaurants. And the last time I looked, I remembered almost none of them were cheap, but now I'm seeing some cheapness again. Um, some of those have been beaten down quite a bit in 2018 at the end of 2018 and here again in 2019. So we could see some value there. And I feel like some investors are starting to throw in the towel on some of the restaurant chains too. And they're, they're really fleeing there too. So that's a sign of the value. I will be um, watching those closely. But how many of these retailers that I even just talked about will get even cheaper? I mean, it's possible we are only just, you know, in the middle of this trade issue and anything can happen. Um, Cheap stocks can always go cheaper, of course. So I'm not sure if these have bottomed yet. It's hard to tell. It was hard to tell in 2017, except you can kind of tell with sentiment when people start telling, you know, me on stock twits or Twitter, like you're crazy. I would never buy Macy's. It's doomed. It's, you know, when it's really, really bad, then I think we might be kind of near the bottom here. But so far, not quite as many people calling me crazy right now. Um, There is fear out there for sure, as you can see just by looking at the stock charts, but not as many people um, yet attacking me. So unclear if it's the bottom, but Most people can't time the bottom. Most investors can't get in at the bottom. Just keep looking at those fundamentals. And I always say this, a lot of the screens I use on this podcast are very basic as this one was. It's just PE. And then I looked at the Zach's rank really in the industry. So if you're thinking about buying any any retail stock, any stock at all, make sure you go in and do your own investigation. Find out why are those earnings dropping? Why are they saying that sales are not good? Why or how will they be impacted by the tariffs? What are they doing to mitigate it? Are they going to be impacted if something happens with Mexico and tariffs down there? These are all questions that good investors should be asking when they're looking to buy a stock or any company at all, not just the retailers, as I said. So make sure you do further investigation, listen to those conference calls because they are really a source of a ton of information. And then, you know, try to buy good solid companies that you believe in and like their products and all of that. And they are out there. So um, yeah, there's, there's just a lot going on right now. And for value investors, for us, we're starting to see some values And it's going to take some strong stomachs to buy some of this. I haven't even covered the energy sector. That's another one that I will be covering on this podcast coming up over the summer because a lot of value 
could be found there possibly as well, but we're going to investigate to find out. But it's never easy being a value investor. So stick with your guns, do your homework, do your research on the companies, and maybe you can get some deals here. So let's recap the tickers once again, just in case you missed any of them, because I did cover quite a few stocks on this show today. So XL Brands is XELB. That's that small cap that is um, trading just at three times earnings. And it's a Zach's number one strong buy, by the way. And that was under the apparel and shoes category even. And then we had, I, I mentioned Ethan Allen, ETH. Now they have a lot of their manufacturing. I thought they were geniuses because they do not manufacture in China. And I was like, oh, they, they're escaping the tariffs. Way to go, Ethan Allen, except they do have manufacturing in Mexico. <laughs> and I, I believe it's Honduras as well as the United States. So not sure what's going to happen if any of those tariffs come on with Ethan Allen. So ETH is for them. Williams and Sonoma is WSM. I do own that one, as I said. Uh, Macy's is just M. Bed Bath and Beyond again is BBBY. It's three B's with the Y. Michaels is M I K. J Jill is Jill J I L L. Skechers is S K X. And Steve Madden is Shoe, S-H-O-O. So be sure to subscribe so you don't miss a single episode. Like I said, I just laid out that I'm going to be covering a lot of value stocks this summer. So join us here on the Value Investor Podcast. You can get us on Spotify. We're also on Apple Podcasts. And we're two for one, two different podcast shows on the same platform on SoundCloud, but you have to get us under Zach's Market Edge over there. But any way you can get us, be sure to get us. And I'll see you again next week with some more value stocks. This material is being provided for informational purposes only, and nothing herein constitutes investment, legal, accounting, or tax advice, or a recommendation to buy, sell, or hold a security. Do not act or rely upon the information and advice given in this podcast without seeking the services of competent and professional legal, tax, or accounting counsel. Publication and distribution of this podcast is not intended to create, and the information contained herein does not constitute an attorney-client relationship. No recommendation or advice is being given as to whether any investment or strategy is suitable for a particular investor. It should not be assumed that any investments in securities, companies, sectors, or markets identified and described were or will be profitable. All information is current as of the date herein and is subject to change without notice. Any views or opinions expressed may not reflect those of Zach's investment research as a whole.